Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to preach. I thank you for the privilege it is. I thank you for the responsibility it is, really, and the, um, the seriousness that's involved and the, the time of, of reflection and things that take place when, when a message is preached. And I pray that you'd use this message. pray that you would help me to be able to say the words that you've put in my heart and that uh, I would say exactly what you want me to say and be pleasing to you. I pray that you'd use it to be a blessing to somebody uh, here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to preach a message, and it has a broad scope type of thing, but some of us may think we're not part of this title anymore, but it's not true. Um, and the title is Preparing for Service. Now, this idea of preparing for service can mean a multitude of different things. Obviously, we know that, right? Um, it's preparing to serve the Lord. It's preparing for adulthood. It's preparing to come to church. Um, it, that's, that's something that we should prepare for. It's not a, um, you know, wing it type of thing. At least it shouldn't be. Um, there's daily things that are required. Um, you know, and I used that word study in the beginning. And I know at my house, that's not what we want to think about right now. Because <laughs> we finished school last week. So we're you know, we're, we don't want to think about studying right now. We, d we did everything we're supposed to do. Now we can turn our brains off, right? Well, not really. We shouldn't be doing that. But the idea is that we all, we all have something that we're preparing for. Um, you know, I was joking with uh, Mr. Miller. He says, what's the title of your message? I said, preparing for service, you know, taking a shower, putting on deodorant, putting on clothes, you know, combing your hair. You know, in my case, shaving your head, right? So all those different things, right? We prepare, right? And we think that we, as we get older, that we don't have to prepare anymore. Sometimes we can have that mindset of, well, you know, let the, let the younger kids take care of this or let, no. And, and it, instead, we should be increasing our service and we should be, you know, helping people below us or younger than us. I shouldn't say below us, but maybe below us in height, but younger, right? Daily doing these things that are preparing us for service. Um, you know, we all have the ministry. There's a, it's in uh, First Peter. Turn over there real quick. I just want to uh, show you this. Uh, actually, I think Mr. Miller in his Sunday school talks a little bit about this. Um, and I've been thinking about this, these verses. But in First Peter chapter 4, it says, um, in verse, starting in verse 7, it says, But the end of all things, now in my Bible, and I understand every Bible is different, but right above this portion of Scripture, it says, living for others. And uh, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, let me just be clear. I think everybody understands this, but that doesn't mean it's okay. You can just sin because we can have charity and cover it up. What it's talking about, and I think you all understand this, is we all are, we're, everybody here is a sinner, right? If there's anything good in me, it's not because of me, right? 
and that and charity and there's you know there's not some good things in you as well and there's any good in you or anything I need to cover up the love that we have for Christ and the love that we should have for one another covers those things up you know what my wife loves me despite the fact that when I'm extremely tired I snore so loud that the timbers shake in the house okay and it used she said it usually only happens when I'm extremely tired which I'm thankful that it only happens then, but she said, it's, it's bad. And I'll wake up in the morning, and I'm like, why does it feel like there's nobody in the bed? And she'll be in the living room, right? Not because we had an argument, all right? Because my snoring is so loud, right? But she loves me anyways. So that covers, not that snoring is a sin, okay, but that covers a thing that I fall short in, right? You know, we, that's what we should do. And you know, the problem we have, and we'll get, I have a lot of introduction before I get into the, just so you know, a short introduction, okay, maybe. Um, but we, the problem that we have in affecting the world around us is we don't do what we're supposed to do here or in our house. So I'll tell a tale, and I told, I, I'm going to repeat an illustration I used in junior church this morning. So I'm not going to say any names. So if all my kids keep the same expression, nobody will know who it was, okay? But I know this never happens in your house, but we had a morning. We had a good morning. Everything was going good. I was playing some music on the Bluetooth speaker, and everybody's singing and having a great time, and we had a wonderful breakfast, and we got ready for church. And as I'm getting ready to walk out to the garage, I hear what sounds, and I'm not going to repeat, don't worry kids, I'm not going to repeat what I did in junior church. I made a loud bird sound. It pierced their ears, I think, okay? So I won't do that to you since I have a microphone on. And I, it sounded like, if you have, you know anything about Blue Jays? We call, I'll use his name for this, we call Blue Jays affectionately in our house the Timothy birds. <laughs> because Blue Jays are extremely loud, and they let you know long before they get there, that they're coming. All right? So that's what it sounded like. It sounded like there was Blue Jays in my garage. But it was my children. And it was, you sat in that seat last time we were in the van. It's my turn to sit in this seat. You move my stuff. You, and I know that never happens to any of your homes, okay? I'm sorry, we're fallen and we're sinners, okay? But, and, I'm, and I said, as we're backing out of the driveway... I said to the kids, I said, you know, the neighbors are paying attention. They don't like it when we talk about it, but they're paying attention. They're getting ready to go to the lake, and they're outside, and they can hear you in the garage, and they know where you're going. And we had a little family meeting, you know, riding down the road. I'm sure you've had some of those too, saying, people are watching you. You're either a testimony or not a testimony, even when you don't think anybody's watching. They're paying attention. They see what time. I guarantee you, okay, here's how I know this. We bought a, a new car, and the next day, our neighbor says, my son told me you got a new car. I'm like, how do you know we got a new car? You know why? Because they're doing what we do in our house. 
we sit there and look out the big picture window and we say, oh, there goes so-and-so. And they're, you know, we pay attention to what's going on, right? Well, they're paying attention. They know what time your car leaves every Sunday. They know where you're going. So if you come out of your house and it sounds, it's given an uncertain sound, right? They say, hmm. I said, you know what? They're not arguing while well, they're getting ready to go to the lake. So why are we arguing? I mean, I wasn't arguing this time, right? <laughs> but the, the consistency needs to be there. We, gotta, we, we have to be a testimony. And that's part of that lays the groundwork for your testimony with... Now, are our kids perfect? No, I understand. Not one kid here is perfect, okay? And not one of us is perfect. But we need God's help to prepare us for this, now I got, I got way off on that tangent, I'm sorry, but um, I meant to read verse 7, so that's where we need to hone in on here. Verse 7 through 10. What I was talking about is hospitality, so that's the point I'm trying to get to, okay? It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, there's a ministry that we all have, and it's the ministry of hospitality. You say, what is hospitality? Well, hospitality is taking, putting others before yourself. Saying, oh, you want to go in the trampoline first? Go ahead. I'll be last. You, you want, uh, you want uh, a drink of water? I'll make sure you have a drink of water before I take a drink of water. Simple things. But use, that's a ministry. And that's how we can prepare. You know what we prepare in God's house? By the attitude that we come into church with. Um, you know what? If you're, if you're upset before you walk, and I know the church is a healing play. I understand all that. It's a, I'll be honest, it's Sundays, Sundays I come to church in a much better place than I do on Wednesdays. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because usually Wednesdays, I'm, I've been at work, and I'm, I've, I feel like I haven't relaxed all day, and, and I need to be ministered to. But I still try to be friendly. And we should all, you know what, because I don't know about, <laughs> every workplace is this, so I'm not going to say my workplace is, people in, the, in this world that we live in are dirty people. They take an innocent comment and they turn it into something perverse, uh, you know, and you get bombarded with that all day long. And then you come home, you hurry and shovel your supper in, and out the door, and then you're here. But you know what? It's a, it's a restful, I understand, it's a restful place. But you should come here trying to be, you know, it's like pa Pastor says all the time, and it's true, that if you come to church with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody, guess what? God gives you a blessing. I can't, you know, uh, Titus, when he preached his message on Wednesday, talked about this, um, that when you give, I don't know about you, I, I can't read... I give, and I look at what I give, 
and then I see how, and not always monetarily, but I see how God has blessed me, and I think, wait a minute, that doesn't even compare. You're blowing what I give completely out of the water. You know, uh, just like uh, Malachi talks about um, rebuke, he rebukes the devourer for our sakes. He, he takes care of so many things that we never even realize. So how can we prepare? We're going we're gonna to have two points, and there's a couple points underneath. But how can we ourselves prepare for, for service? And we opened in 2 Timothy chapter 2, study to show thyself approved unto God. First of all, study the word of God. We should be reading more of God's word, not less. Now, I'm all for, and I use some of these. I have apps on my phone. I never thought I'd be one of those people. But I have apps on my phone that help me with God's word, right? And I have different Bible studies I go through and, and things like that. But this year, I decided, you know what? I, I'm going to read more. And I'll tell you something, it hasn't made me worse, <laughs> right? I haven't said, you know, I really could have used that time. For something else. That would have been a lot more productive. I've never thought that. Matter of fact, I, I've said, well, you know, that's a lot more than you normally read. If you can read that, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even take that long. And I think about what I'm reading too. I mean, I'm not just, you know, blowing through it. But you have to study. If, if you're going to, the Bible says that we're supposed to have knowledge, right? In second, I believe it's Second Peter it talks about that when people ask of the reason of the hope that is within you, if you don't know it, how are you supposed to? I, I say this, it, but it's true with adults too. I say this to kids all the time in junior church. I say it to my own kids. I go, you cannot use. I mean, I, it's a simple thing, but you cannot use God's word as your pillow every night and expect to wake up and know what's in here. You know, in 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 uh, school, I used to. I know. I'm revealing my carnality, but sometimes I would pray for help on a test. And the Holy Spirit would say, you didn't study. I can't put in there what's not in there. And that's true. You can't share with others what God's word says if you don't know what it says. As you get older, okay, you can't say anymore. Well, you can, but you kind of look foolish. When you start to become an adult and you say, and not that it's wrong to say my dad or mom says this, because you've learned some things from your parents, but there has to come to a point where you know what it says, where you know why you believe the King James Bible, where you know why you listen to a certain kind of music. Because you know what? If you don't personally know why you do it, you're not going to continue to do it. If you don't know why you dress a certain way, then someday when you start making your own choices, you're not going to dress a certain way anymore because you never figured it out for yourself. I mean, you know, hey, I don't take, go over to my parents' house and pick up my outfits for the week. Right? I've figured out what to do. I don't, yeah, I do, I talk to my parents and, you know, I, I like to spend time with them and things like that, you, you, but I think you understand what I'm saying, is at some point, you have to grow up. Some point, you have to study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God. 
And then you have to take what you've learned and put your feet, you know, it doesn't, doesn't do any good, right? As, as the, the saying goes, it doesn't do any good to soak all the stuff in if you don't ever squeeze the sponge out. It, does no, it doesn't do any good. And eventually, that knowledge is not going to reach a point where it's not really going to increase if you're not using it. And you need to, that's how you can be a testimony. You know, um, there, and, and thankfully, it's, it's not here. I've never heard anybody here say this. But there's this mindset sometimes among not just Christians, among other people, saying that, oh, well, there's no, there's no um, preparation that takes place in the Christian life. There's no, there's no uh, we don't need to study. We don't, and there's the, this, you always should be studying. You always should be uh, educating yourself. You know why? You know, maybe you didn't say this when you were a kid, but I would think this out loud sometimes and think to myself a lot. When I'm in algebra class, and I actually like math, but um, when I was in algebra class, and I remember sitting, and I may have said it out loud a couple times, when am I ever going to use this in real life? Why do I need to know this? Well, I honestly never thought that I would be, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm let me be clear, I'm not homeschooling my children. My wife does the majority of the work, okay? So I'm not taking any credit for anything that happens in that area. But I do help my children with their math. And now I'm glad that I paid attention in math class so I can help them. I never, I never thought I would be using it, right? But everything that God allows in our lives, he allows them in there for a reason. It's not just that. Um, think about this. Some of you young girls out there or uh, little girls or anybody, even men, little boys, you don't know if someday maybe you have something to do. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. If anything, English helps you with this. And when you don't take literature or language, that's the one we use, I think, but if you don't take language seriously, it's going to hinder your study of God's word. Never mind the fact that it's, you're not going to be able to help your kids with stuff. It's going to hinder how you understand God's word. You know what my biggest Bible study tool is? The dictionary. I keep the dictionary with me when I'm reading my Bible. And I look at a word, and I don't understand what that word is, and I look that word up in the dictionary. Because guess what? It's all about language. It's all about um, being able to properly put things into words. And you know what? If you don't understand English, you will not understand some doctrine in the Bible because you'll look at, you, won't, you don't understand what a comma and a semicolon and a colon mean. You completely misunderstand something the Bible is trying to tell you because you don't understand English. And it's important. You know, uh, a medical doctor goes to school for over 11 years to practice medicine, which I never understood that practice part of it, but to practice medicine. When they have to pass the you smile, that's what I call it, it's not the you smile, it's U-S-M-L-E, right? They have, it's a six-day test. 
to become a doctor. Now, I'm glad doctors study for a long time before they assess problems in my life, right? But how much more important is it for us to prepare? Here, here's the point I'm trying to get across. And, and the Bible tells us to study. You have no idea how God is going to use you in the, the future. You know what? Something, there's different things that happen in your life. And, I, and I'm not telling you, a lot of you, anything you don't already know. But there's things that, have, that happen in your life. And you say, oh, and maybe not even until 15 years later. You say, oh, that's why that happened. You know, um, I think of uh, second, uh, this, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, talks, uh, it says, uh, who comfort us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God allows things in our lives to help be a help to other people. And I have underneath how we can prepare for service. So we study, we meditate on God's word, we're faithful in our service, um, we're, we practice. Uh, I know this is a hard thing to conquer, but you know what? We practice self-denial, and that, that goes back to 1 Peter, where we're living for other people. We're not putting ourselves first. We're living for other people. We volunteer for things that we don't like to do. You know what? I've said this more than once, I think, but I'll say it again. I never, you, if you would have told me 15 years ago, 20, or more like 20 years ago, if you would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be in junior church, I would have told you you're crazy. That's not me. And sometimes I, a lot of times I still think it's not me. But you know what? I have a blast. I enjoy it. 15, 20 years ago? No. But God knows what he's doing. He helped, he put, he, and he enables us. Now, this is not an advertisement for master clubs. If it's not what God wants you to do, don't do it. Right? I'm not telling you to sign up. But if you think, oh, I could never do something like that. If God's prompting you to do it, guess what? He can help you do it. And I've, and I've seen that happen in my life over and over and over again. I don't like speaking in front of people. And some people, are, they, they enjoy it. My suit has to go back to the dry cleaners. <laughs> Probably like a sponge. My shirts will have to be wrung. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just saying. I... Don't normally sweat like this, all right? But I, don't, I get nervous in front of, why? But God likes to put us in those situations so that he can prove that he can do it. Not that you can do it, Amen. that he can do it. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Moses, for example, we all know this story, but Moses said, well, I'm going to need somebody to help me. How many times do you see Aaron speaking? Moses talked an awful lot for somebody that didn't want to talk, right? And then Aaron did talk, and uh, it turned into the you know, rock concert, and everybody took their clothes off, and they were worshiping a calf. So it didn't work too well when Aaron was speaking, right? But 
God used Moses. Well, he can only use you if you say yes. You have to volunteer. How does God, secondly, so we said, how can we prepare for service? How does God prepare us for service? First of all, he teaches us patience. And I want to use three examples quickly of how he teaches us patience. I'm going to use three different characters in the Bible. First of all, David. When was David, when did David find out that he was going to be a king? Now, I don't know the exact, the Bible doesn't tell us the exact, but from reading what the Bible says, he was approximately a teenager when he found out that he was going to be the king of Israel. Notice, I don't think you ever find it, every, I've never found it anywhere, and if you did, then you can correct me afterwards. David never tells anybody what, what his future is. He doesn't go around saying, hey guys, guess who's going to be the next king of Israel? He doesn't say it. He just goes back to work and keeps doing what he's supposed to do. Moses was called, and he basically, if you do the math, he did approximately 80 years of preparation for 40 years of service. Now that is a long time. But you know what? God revealed to him, hey, this is what I want you to do, but now go back to work and do this. Joseph was a teenager, approximately, right? When he was shown the dreams. Now, he did tell people about what he saw, right? And they didn't see it. So uh, be careful who you tell your dreams to, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't encourage him, right, in his endeavors, right? But he was shown as a teenager, and then what happened? Then he almost got killed. Then he starts to rise up again, and he gets thrown in prison, right? All that is preparation for him basically saving the nation of Israel, right? And he, those, those, all those things that happen in our life, they happen for a reason. You know what? And we, once we get shown what God wants us to do, right, we need to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. Now, we, I, we talked about this morning, um, and we were in Acts, and we talked about Paul, Paul, it was in jail, right? And when in the city of Jerusalem, and the um, he's locked up, he's been beaten, right? And God comes to him, the Lord, it says, the Lord told him that you will go to Rome. But then, I think it's the next verse, or a couple of verses after that, it says that he was in prison for another two plus years after that. Now, I have no idea what Paul thought during that time. But you know it had to be reassuring that he could, a comfort, he could say, God told me that this was going to happen. So I can't die here because I have to go to Rome. And I'm sure there was, you know, nights where it got a little lonely. And, and you know, uh, I heard a message years ago. Um, a, a, a guy preached a message called Traveling Without the Star. And how you, you get, God shows you something, that doesn't mean it's going to happen then. He has a plan. He, he doesn't always say, okay, it would be a lot more simpler that way, right? Okay, you're, you're, uh, you're going to get married to this person, 
and this is when you're going to get married, and this is how many kids I want you to have, and this is what, where I want you to live, right? If he just said that, and this is when it's going to happen, the timetable, right? Wouldn't that be a whole lot easier? But that's not how he works, right? And at that time of patience, what is it, what is it, what is it teaching, teaching us patience helps us to draw closer to him, right? And to rely on him because we are weak and we need his help. So what, if God shows you something as a child, and this isn't just for children, this is for adults too. If he wants you to do something, you know, there's, uh, there's always that saying, and it's true because God's word proves it, that where there's a calling, there's an enabling. God will help you do what he wants you to do. You just have to do it. And it's not always going to happen. That's where the patience comes in. It's not always going to happen when you think it should happen. He, and he also, just like Paul, he says, my, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He teaches us things through the trials. And that's all the groundwork, you know, just like a house. If, if your foundation is not correct on your house, your house is going to crumble eventually. It may not happen next week. It may not happen a month from now. But eventually, it's going to crumble. And it's going to, you're going to see it, depending on how bad the foundation is, it, you'll see it a lot sooner. But there's got things in your life. There's patience. That's one of the bricks, right? There's studying God's word. There's, there's surrendering to what God wants you to do. There's all those things, and it's all a foundation that you build upon. And if it's not, right, if it's not right, it's going to eventually show itself. And it's, that's why it's important to know what God wants you to do. Um, I don't know about you. I don't always like to learn these tough things, right? You know, uh, I'm not saying my attitude is like James 1, 2 through 4 all the time. To count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I honestly, and you could ask my children, <laughs> if I hit my, my hand, my, my, one of my fingers with a hammer, I don't yell out, praise the Lord! <laughs> right? Or if something else happens. I'm not always, I don't always react that way. Right? But, we're supposed to react with, hey, you know what? The, the one thing to look, look at is when you do go through, and I know it's easy to say when you're not going through something, as you look at it and say, ah, he loves me. He's taking time to do something in my life because he loves me. You know what? I don't... I know this may sound strange, but I don't like correcting my children. I, I like to be the good guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like to do good things for my children. You know, the Bible talks about that, that um, an earthly father wants, you know, that's why, quite frankly, what's going on in our society, and it's, you know, nothing new under the sun, but parents that mistreat their children and don't take care of their children and it's an unnatural affection because we are built with a natural affection for our children. It's natural for a mother to care for her children. It's natural for 
a father and mother to want to give things to their children. That's natural, right? And, and Jesus tells, God says, hey, I love you even more than that. You think you love your children. I love you even more than that. And you know what? You know how you can tell you, when you, you want the best for your children, but you're willing? You got to do the hard things sometimes. I, hey, I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I don't like it. But I know I'm supposed to correct them when they're headed the wrong direction. Right? And God has to do that to us sometimes. He has to do that to me a lot of times, honestly. And you know what? When he says that, sometimes my reaction is wrong. But you know what? You know what I pray sometimes when I come up here to the altar or if I am praying at home when God's dealt with me or something, whatever? I say, thank you that you still, even though you've told me about this 52 times, you decided to have someone speak about it again so that you can give me another chance to get this right. Thank you for showing me mercy. Sometimes I feel, maybe, maybe I'm the only parent that says this, or my wife, we've talked about this, I go, certain things with our, a different, every, every child is different, right? We know that. They all have different personalities. And sometimes we'll say, are they ever going to get it? I've told them to brush their teeth before they go to bed 552 times. Not that I'm counting. That's probably even more than that, right? Are they ever going to, on their own, say, oh, I should brush my teeth? And some of my older kids do that. I think they all... But it seems like, why do we repeat ourselves so many times? And then I'm reminded, well, guess what God does to me all the time? He says, hey, dummy... Well, he doesn't usually call me that, but you know what I mean. He says, wake up over there. I told you last week, this is what you're supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to do, and we don't do it. But you know what? He proves us, and he tests us. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I want to be prepared for whatever God has for me. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't like... I like multiple choice tests, okay? But I don't like to take the same test over and over again. I like to pass the test the first time. Now, I understand sometimes that doesn't happen. I've failed a few tests in my time, right? But I don't like to have to repeat the lesson. Because you know what? That's painful. You know, I had to repeat sixth grade. You know how fun it is to sit in the same classes that you went to the year before and hear the same material you heard the year before and you knew the answers the year before and now you have to do it again? It is torture. And you know what I wanted to do? But I'm so glad they didn't do it. I begged, begged. My parents probably don't even remember this. I begged for my dad to send me to summer school. And he said, no, you didn't pay attention the first time through. You can learn the hard lesson. I'm not spending my gas money and your mother's time to take you to summer school every day. You had nine months to do it, so now you can do it again. And I thought that was kind of cruel. <laughs> but it taught me a lesson, <laughs> right? It wasn't cruel. It was, the right, it was with what I needed. But you know what? Spiritually, sometimes we just keep 
hitting our head against the wall and not learning these lessons. And we keep failing grades and getting held back. And I wonder, and I, I wonder if God and have, I don't know if we're ever going to, you know how you have, these, you have these things in your mind, or maybe you don't, I do, of what heaven's going to be like. You know, the Bible tells us some things, but I'm like, are we going to watch a video? Well, you know, I don't know how all that works. But this is my mind, okay? So just go with me for a second here. We're going to watch a video, and God's going to say, well, if you wouldn't have failed that test, this is what you could have done. I don't know. Maybe we're not going to see that. I don't know. He would have to show us that before he wiped all the tears away, right? Because we would say, whoa, I really blew it, right? I, I, I hope that's not the case for anybody. But, I, but you get what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know if we're going to be revealed or we're going to be so busy glorifying God that we don't even think about that kind of stuff. I don't really know. But I do know this, that I want to do what I'm supposed to do, and you should have that same desire. Why? Because if we're all working toward the same goal and we're all doing our best, God's going to use us. God's going to use this church. God has used this church. And selfishly speaking, as someone who has four children in this church, I want him to continue to use this church. I want to continue to see him change lives and see him continue to work in lives. So let me just close with this and ask you two questions. Are you prepared for service? Do you do the things you're supposed to do every day? And are you preparing for service? Did you, are, and that's, that's both, both, basically it's the same thing, but whatever the service God has shown you to do, are you preparing? And you know what? Maybe he's revealed to something that he has for you further down the road. Well, if you don't do the things you're supposed to do now, you know what? You say, well, and I've, I've had kids ask me that, and I remember thinking this as a kid. What am I supposed to be doing right now? Well, can I give you a clue? If you're under 18, you're supposed to wake up, you're supposed to brush your teeth. Well, not right away. However you do it in your house, all right? Eat breakfast, have your devotions, do your schoolwork, do what your parents tell you to do. That's your preparation for service. Simple. <laughs> Not really. Not simple so, so much sometimes. But that's what you're supposed to do. Why? Because you know what? You have no idea. And I, I, I'll use this example, and then I'll, then I'll be done. You have no idea. Think of um, the person I think of with this is past. There's two examples I can think of right off the top of my head. One example was pastor about math, and they ended up being a principal in a school. Never did he know then that that was going to be something that he was doing in the future. Pastor King's been here numerous times, and he's been in our home. You sit there and talk to that man, and you look at the church that they have and the ministries that they have in that church, all of his experience in engineering, in uh, architecture, in farming, in equipment repair, he knows God used all those things in his life for that church. 
He knows what to say to an engineer. He knows what to say to a farmer. He, all those things. All those steps. And he maybe at the time thought, what am I going to do with this? God used it. So, wherever you are, wherever you're supposed to be, maybe you're out of school, well, figure out, hey, you're not going to go wrong if you go to church. Because the Bible says we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, right? We, we, we understand all that. Just do what you're supposed to do. Preparing for what God wants you to do. Because you never know what he has in store for you. Take today's steps. It's a, you know, it's a simple thing. But take today's steps today. Don't worry about tomorrow. You know what we do? Don't wish... I'll, I'll say this as a... No, somebody at work paid me a huge compliment. I think they were trying to get money from me. They said I looked like I was 32. I'm not 32, okay? I'm 44. Thank you, dear. Um, I forget, all right? I always tell everybody, I just turned 40. I just turned 40. I just turned 40, right? But I remember, and I, you know, I think it's, it's a natural thing that we face that we have to fight. I remember as a kid... I can't wait till I'm 16. Then I, can, then I can drive. I can't wait till I'm this age. I can't wait. Don't spend your life, even as an adult, don't spend your life wishing it away. Do what God wants you to do when God wants you to do it, and then he'll let you take the next step. Don't get caught on step one. Move ahead and prepare for service and serve the Lord. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your truth in your word. I'm thankful for the way that you use your word to speak to our hearts. Thankful for the way that you uh, are ready and willing to forgive and show mercy to us and that you, you help us through our, our life lessons. And I pray that you'd help uh, each of us to do our part, to serve you, help us to have a surrendered heart to what you have for us, and uh, be with uh, us as we go today and that you would help us to continue uh, thinking about how we can serve you. Thank you for um, the country that you've given us and I pray that you'd show us uh, mercy and um, we're thankful for those that have served our country and have sacrificed for our country and allow, because of that, where there's freedoms that we're allowed that no other country in this world is allowed. And I'm thankful for that. I pray that you'd help us to, to be surrendered to you and to use the, the freedoms that we have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.